everybody, Jonathan here with a special episode of the Mountain Bike Podcast presented by Worldwide Cyclery. Remember, Worldwide Cyclery is the spot to go for all your bike parts, accessories, everything else. And you can get there by going to mtbpodcast.com, go to the store, and then just click on the Worldwide Cyclery banner and you can go through there. Every purchase that you do there then gives us just a small bit of that. And that then goes back into helping us create more podcast content for all of you. Uh, but just stepping back really quick uh, with Worldwide Cyclery, all those folks are riders. So not just your parts and accessories, but if you have any questions about you know certain compatibilities like with bottom brackets and your cranks and your frame, whatever else it may be, ask them, they'll know. Uh, but like I said, this is a special episode and the style of this episode is completely unique for us, uh, totally unique. So you'll have to let us know what you think. Um, so many of you write in about your home trail networks, and I can't help but wonder whenever we get those questions, what it would be like to ride them and enjoy the unique culture of that area that you're speaking of. So this podcast aims to deliver that experience. I went somewhere, I rode some trails, it was totally new to me, and this is the experience that I had. Before we get into the episode, I just want to thank Todd Sadow at Epic Rides, which if you are just listening to this now, you can listen to episode 52 of the podcast where we had an interview with Todd and actually recorded that interview there with him in this location that we're going to talk about. Um, but I want to thank him just really quick. He encouraged me to visit this region. Uh, he also gave me a place to stay while I was there. And honestly, had he not done that, I'm not sure I would have ever visited. It just wasn't on my radar and I had no clue what I was missing. So with that, let's dive in. Looking at my calendar, I had three weeks of nonstop travel. It was a California sandwich of sorts, starting with a trip for aerodynamics testing and a visit to the guys at Worldwide Cyclery in Los Angeles, and ending on the other end of that sandwich with a week of rides and schmoozing at Sea Otter. But the meat of the sandwich, however, that was a bit different. It appeared a strange choice. I received an email from Todd Sadow, the founder of Epic Rides, about a new bike race he was planning on organizing. His company is known for putting on the best weekends of racing and riding you could ask for in equally impressive locations. But in this email, he asked me to bring my bike and meet him in Bentonville, Arkansas, of all places. Finishing with a, trust me, just come to Bentonville, you'll see. My name is Todd Sadow. <laughs> yes, it is. I am the, uh, the uh, CEO of Epic Rides and uh also the janitor from time to time <laughs> and um and i i co-founded the company 19 years ago okay it's a uh it's been a pursuit of passion and uh, i've been riding bikes since i was a little kid mm. never stopped and particularly enjoy the mountain bike a lot todd and i met in a small airbnb in downtown bentonville arkansas and as i walk in it's already filled with bike stuff he looks every part of a mountain biker, and there's evidence to convict him. He's got his well-seasoned gear already laid out for the day ahead. His bike is creatively specced with parts only somebody with a lot of trail miles would pick. Not the sort of stuff that you'd see on a showroom floor necessarily, but the stuff that actually helps you ride better. It lasts. It's smart choices. And his bike box looks like it's seen better days, with duct tape serving as the primary closure system. Yep. This guy's a mountain biker. I was inspired by going out and doing a long ride with a buddy and kind of having that overwhelming endorphin high. Yeah. And realizing that you can kind of get in touch with your soul through this stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Usually involves digging pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've never 
produced an event where the focus is on winning. Uh, and we've never produced an event where we only wanted really fast people there. Uh, we want everyone to be to feel welcome and to you know to have an inclusive environment yeah. where uh, uh, you know no matter how fast or how novice or how new you might be to the sport, uh, everyone can be together and have a good time. Throughout our conversation, I keep searching for the right question to ask for Todd to make an enticing call to arms sort of statement about how he is revolutionizing mountain bike events, but I never get it. The fact is, it's more simple than that. He just wants to give people a good day on the bike. In fact, that's their tagline. Mountain biking was founded on the premise of going out into the backcountry on your own and bringing yourself back on your own. You go with friends, they can contribute to the on your own component to yep. make sure you get back together, you yeah. know? Yeah. Safety in numbers. But we want to create and uh, provide an authentic experience that goes in the backcountry. Hmm. That's what, you know, when you have a big day on the mountain bike, it's fun to get far away. Yeah. Go to a cool place, see a pretty landscape. You're going to get some solitude. You're going to have some introspection. You're probably going to meet a person or two. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to learn a few things about yourself. You're going to work through a few things about yourself. Yeah. And, yeah. and when you finish, there's going to be a party waiting for you at the end. Uh, years ago, we were accused by Richard Cunningham and a, and a media outlet as uh, uh, throwing parties that happen to have a mountain bike event nearby. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and I thought that was one of the highest compliments ever. You know? Yep. <laughs> um, because that's that that's what we're in this for. We're we're in mountain biking for the fun, right? I mean, there's yeah. a lot that comes from it, but ultimately, I think most people look at their involvement with mountain biking as fun. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make sure that that's celebrated. And he's right. The events themselves feel like a mix between a summer film festival, a concert, a street fair, and an awesome bike race on some of the coolest courses you've seen in amazing locations. In October, new this year, is the Oz Trails Off-Road in Northwest Arkansas and Bentonville in Bella Vista, Arkansas. Hold on. The 24 Hours in Old Pueblo blends Burning Man with mountain biking with a 24-hour race that takes place in a pop-up city in the Sonoran Desert. The Whiskey Off-Road takes place in Prescott, Arizona, a quaint western town surrounded by idyllic southwestern trail. Grand Junction, Colorado is the home of the Grand Junction Off-Road, a technically challenging race that takes place in what is arguably the real mountain biker's southwest choice over Moab. And the Carson City Off-Road starts at the foot of the Sierra and climbs up to one of the most scenic lakes in the country, if not the world, Lake Tahoe. All of those make sense. But why Bentonville, Arkansas? Got a phone call and said, hey, you're moving to Bentonville, Arkansas. <laughs> That's the voice of Chad Montoya. He's a fairly recent transplant to Bentonville, but he's a local just as much as anybody else in this town. He's a cross-country rider with roots spread wide from Texas to Oregon, and I can't help but ask him, as a mountain biker, why he left Oregon for Arkansas. Well, I had actually heard that the riding was unbelievable here. Uh, I've only been here eight months. Okay. The trail systems are you know, less than two years old. Uh, it doesn't seem like it. They're so well built, so well manicured that it just feels like a trail should be here. You know, it's quite a bit different than, you know, even like Central Oregon. Central Oregon is very, you know, dusty and uh, not as steep of climbs. You know, this is a very friendly community. It's very welcome. I think uh, there's a lot of people that come in and out of this community because of, you know, work and Walmart. Walmart and mountain biking are usually not combined in the same sentence. But maybe that's about to change. 
You see, right here in the town square of Bentonville, Arkansas, is Walton's Five and Dime, the birthplace of a now half a trillion dollar company that employs 2.3 million people around the world. But its headquarters remain in tiny little Bentonville, Arkansas. Now, bear with me for a bit on the business talk, but Walmart's a big company that does big business with a big amount of suppliers. As such, Bentonville, only a city of 40,000 people, has a disproportionately high amount of large and well-known companies. Companies like Procter & Gamble, Campbell's Soup, heck, even Sony Pictures have all established offices in Bentonville to help service one of their most valuable clients. But they were having a problem. People weren't eager to move there and many of these employees were commuting on a weekly basis. The town simply didn't have enough appeal to convince these people to call Bentonville home. So, local officials, residents, and organizations such as the Walton Family Foundation got to work on changing that and focused on making Bentonville the quintessential example of high quality of life. The small town of Bentonville now lays claim to one of the country's premier museums of American contemporary art, a burgeoning culinary scene, gorgeously restored neighborhoods with parks around every corner, all while maintaining a comfortable cultural blend of Midwest honest hard workers and Southern hospitality. It's kind of hard to explain, but it almost has a Truman Show-esque feel and that the town appears idyllic in many ways, but it doesn't feel contrived. It's a beautiful town that feels almost frozen in time, yet modern somehow. But just like the local accent, there's a comfortable and friendly feeling to the town and the people. But I guess using those words there just to describe Bentonville would be omitting what seems to be the hero of their efforts, which brings us really to this podcast. It's mountain biking. My name is Scott Schrain, spelled S-C-H-R-O-E-N, and my position is Director of Oz Trails. Scott and his cohorts at Oz Trails are entirely focused on making Northwest Arkansas the best mountain biking destination possible. And while they may not have jagged and exaggerated topography like we have out west, they have plenty of things that we lack. Uh, radar that picks you up before you get to the light, the lights flash, let cars know, hey, you need to slow down. There's um, cyclists or pedestrians about to cross, bridges, pumps, tool stations. You know, we're constantly thinking about how can we make the trail experience better? And that's not going to stop. We want to keep making them better. Um, even finding ways to make water stations year-round so we don't have to turn them off in the winter. And these trails aren't just haphazardly scraped in. I've never ridden such well-constructed trail in my life. Two main volunteer groups, uh, I would say, kicked a lot of the things off here. OORC, Ozark Offroad Cyclists, and then also FAST, which is Friends of Arkansas Single Track. So they do a great job helping maintain the trails. They'll definitely build some trails as well. But to get the, the volume and the quality that is you know, now here in Northwest Arkansas, you need to have professional trail builders and professionally paid builders. I would think we're setting our own standards here. I've been asked a few times if, you know, trying to compare this area to other places and I haven't seen it. I mean, there's great trails, obviously all over the country, but like you said, the quality of the trail here is different. It's just, there's something special about it. And I think when you have professional trail builders knowing the purpose of their job and what they're out there supposed to be doing the product that comes from it is just phenomenal you know it's not a deer trail that turns into a mountain bike trail or it's not a you know a trail that the boy scout troop puts in and then you kind of have to make some tweaks later but knowing this needs to last it's going to be ridden hard and not only make it sustainable but fun to ride and pretty to look at all at the same time and at the end of the day 
we're just, you know, aiming for top quality and quantity. In Northwest Arkansas, we're approaching 300 miles of soft surface trails. Holy cow. So 300 miles, that's in a pretty small area. Yeah, that's, um, that's Eureka Springs, Silent Springs, and Fayetteville. Okay. Wow, that's a small. And that's not even counting Devil's Den. Uh, it's a place down in Fort Smith, and you, you grow that circle a little bit larger, and that number grows quick. And that 300 miles of trail in the immediate area, it keeps growing every day. The goal is to keep going. The goal is to make this, you know, a true world-class mountain bike destination. And then once it is, we're going to keep going. So now it started to all make sense. Todd wasn't picking the location in a hipster-esque move of irony. He was picking Bentonville because Bentonville picked mountain biking. And I was fortunate enough to find myself in the middle of all of this with a brand new bike and an eagerness to go ride some single track. So we're at the town square right now and I can see Sam Walton's original storefront over there. And this is the area where we're gonna start the race. Epic Rides events are always located in the heart of downtown and they're there for three days. It gives the riders an authentic taste of what the town is like and it gives the residents of the town a completely unique and fun event. Vendor Row is less about companies trying to push their goods on folks and more just about bike people talking bikes. Local businesses come out and participate, passers-by hang out and watch the racing and take part in a concert. Even government officials come and join. Super cool, and one of the things I like most about Epic Rides events. Now this usually also means a police-escorted paved rollout. I know, you're thinking the last thing you want is to be off the single track, but hear me out. These rollouts are actually a racer's best friend. So this race, starts with a, a rollout on some broad, wide paved roads, and he hit dirt pretty quick. But then apparently coming back, there's none of that. You practically take trail right back to the town square. So the first climb that you have is a fire road climb, really wide and broad. I think it's going to be enough to start to already separate folks. It's not too tough, but it's going to be a fast climb and it'll put the sting in your legs. Despite our best efforts to remain honest, pre-race jitters always seem to push us further forward in our call-up position and when it's voluntary, then our legs can actually back up. So these rollouts will help put each person in their proper place before things get skinny on the single track. And don't worry, you'll have more single track than you'll even know what to do with on this course. Yeah, these trails are fun. Flowy. Just holds momentum. There's plenty of small rock, but it's strangely tacky. It's like the rock compacts and just gives you better traction. They leave the natural chunk. It's rocky, but it's fast. Yeah, we have to take a pump track break. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha.
pretty cool. Apparently they're everywhere in this town. There's pump tracks scattered about. All right, so we're starting the famed back 40. And this section is, well, I've heard a lot about it. Excited to ride it. Lots of limestone shelves and really dark organic earth. Oh, there you go. Sharp rock in these spots. Let's roll. So the trails in this region aren't just made by one advocacy group or anything else. It's actually a multitude of groups. They all have very different styles apparently and it's evident in the trails that you ride. And on the race, you get to experience a little bit from every one of them. So we're by Lake Ann now, under this huge limestone overhang that has natural misters just dripping off the edge. It's a kind of a surreal place. It's amazing. We're just riding along the lakeshore in a half cave with amazing single track in multiple directions everywhere I look. This place is unreal. It's a beautiful place. There's a ton of limestone ridge lines all throughout on these trails and the, the trail tends to kind of contour on these hills. And it gives you this chance to constantly kind of maintain and preserve momentum. It's a really cool feel. Uh, it's well-designed trail. It's gorgeous. Um, let me think about this. <laughs> that was a deep creek. <laughs> Trails. We've been crossing creek after creek after creek. We're on the back 40 loop and we're getting close to the Missouri state line. And uh, it's using a lot of the ledges in the area. It's not just steering away from them, which I like to see. I can't imagine having this as your backyard. <laughs> and the region here is a little different. I think uh, with most epic rides races that people have done, or even just big XC races like 50 milers, the majority of folks probably think about them within the context of big ups, big downs. What'd you say, Todd? The death by a thousand climbs, something like that? A thousand hills. A thousand hills. So that's uh, that's what's on the docket for today. Every little roll you go up, 
it just delivers a, a blast of a little riff down. Poppy and playful. He can tell these are ride engineered trails. They were not just concerned with getting from point A to point B. <laughs> they were concerned with having fun in between. Took a quick detour onto some paved sections. They're strategically working in just short concentrated breaks from single track to give you passing opportunities. This punctuation with roads is great. Having this on race day is very good because the, the benefit of having this is just, you never know when somebody's gonna run out of gas. He may have been faster than you before, but you're stuck behind a group and you're feeling fresh. Having these punctuations like this is just great. It's awesome. What's your impression of this so far? I feel like it's gonna be the type of course that if you do go out too hard, yeah. it's gonna punish you so hard. <laughs> so hard. It's those punches, people don't realize the metabolic cost when you're going over threshold repeatedly. Yeah. Like our pace now from when we started out, when we started out, I was like, these boys are pushing too hard. <laughs> this is gonna slow down. You know, it's it's just what it's just what happens. Like it's just necessary. You know, uh -huh. it's not as constant and steady. So you and it's steep enough that you're you're going to go over your limit. Mm -hmm. If at any re or for any reason, just to maintain momentum. Yeah. Your legs will just hate you if you slow down. You know. Uh -huh. So I think that this is the type of course that like wisdom will be huge. Uh, race experience. And we are done. So we deviated from the race course a bit. Uh, we're just rolling into Bentonville now. But the terrain is very unique. It just rolls constantly. All the trails encourage you to play at all times. Then you'll come across spots that use these limestone ledges. They're very technical. If you don't have exo protection on your tires, if you run Maxxis or snakeskin on Schwalbe, whatever it is, you are going to have a flat, I think, on this race. It's a lot of sharp rock, but it's not very chunky, if that makes sense. It's a lot of small, sharp rocks. So, uh, absolutely incredible terrain. It'll be mentally challenging. Uh, it'll be physically challenging. And it'll be, I think, a totally unique race for epic rides in for most of us. So, this one, check it out. So that's what you can expect on race day for the Oz Trails Off-Road. If you're a Westerner looking for a unique experience, this is definitely it. If you're an East Coaster or a Midwesterner that has yet to experience an epic rides event, 
this is definitely the one. There's a 15-mile route, a 35-mile route, and a 50-mile route, or thereabouts on each of those. So now the question of what bike, what equipment, what nutrition, what type of training to do for this race. So I'll start with the bike. I honestly think that a lot of the pros are going to do this on hardtails. Now, for a lot of amateurs, I don't think that's the best bike. It varies. Uh, these trails are pretty smooth, but at the same time, there are plenty of little undulations that are pretty rapid or rocky sections where you can save a whole lot of energy if you're on a full suspension bike. In fact, I do expect some of the pros to ride a full suspension. It's going to give you a little bit more compliance that might help you maintain a bit more energy throughout the rest of the day. So to see somebody with 100 millimeters in the rear and even 120 up front wouldn't be a bad idea, especially on a course that has some ledges, because that extra travel up front could be good. So if you've got a short travel bike, that could be good. A hardtail, that'd be great too. But don't let long travel scare you away. That could be a great option too, and you'll have a great time. I actually rode this course on a 160 millimeter travel Yeti SB55 because I didn't have an XC bike, and it was awesome. There were no problems at all. Now, when it comes to the tires, like I said, exo protection or whatever type of strengthening sidewalls you should definitely use. When it comes to gearing, give yourself a wide range. Don't worry too much about top speed. This course undulates a lot, and in order to save your legs on those steep, sharp undulations, you're going to want some low gears. So don't worry about dropping down to a 30-tooth chainring if you need to. Heck, don't worry about a 28. It's just fine. Uh, give yourself some extra range. Maybe throw one of those E13 TRS race cassettes on there with a 946 if you're running an 11 speed, or go for the bird and get eagle, whatever else you need there. The other thing I would suggest is definitely carrying enough hydration with you. October is a tricky time from what I hear in Bentonville. It could be cold or it could be really warm. So you're going to want to make sure that you at least come prepared. The aid stations are going to be well stocked. Even big companies like V8, you'll see, are going to be helping at some of the aid stations. But I always find it best to take a path of self-reliance as a good insurance plan. In terms of nutrition, that's a super individual matter. I'd send an email ahead of time to the folks at Epic Rides to see what they're going to have on hand. It's always a really good tip. And then maybe you can go and see if you can process that food beforehand really well in your body when you're riding. That way, you're all set and ready to go. So that really brings us down to training. And as far as training for an event like this, you're going to have a lot of spikes. And those spikes are going to bring you over threshold. That's just simply going to be the nature of it. Because of the fact that you're going to have a lot of undulations as you go from hauler to hauler, where you're climbing up those 50 to 150 foot climbs that aren't that long, but they're steep enough to really put some sting in your legs. So this is the type of thing where you're looking to grow something called aerobic capacity. So you'll want to be well-versed at going hard, recovering very quickly, going hard again, recovering quickly, going hard again. It doesn't mean that that's how you'll actually ride the course. In fact, you should feel like you're pacing very evenly, like you're reserving yourself on the climbs. So that way you don't push too deep into the red. But if you come in prepared and have your body ready to take blow after blow after blow, then you'll be in a good situation to try to pace evenly and finish out smoothly on the day. But the race aside, there are a number of other suggestions I recommend when you go to Bentonville for Oz Trails or if you show up at any other point. Go to Yayo's. This Mexican restaurant is amazing. They have a food truck downtown. The burritos are incredible. Uh, seriously, it's better than a normal burrito. You'll definitely need to check out the Crystal Bridges Museum of Art. It's a partly outdoor and walkable museum with single track that wraps around it. 
So you could even stop mid-ride and check out that museum and then carry on thereafter. As far as bike shops in town, there are a number of different ones to choose from. Mojo bikes and fat tire bikes are right downtown, easy to get to, and awesome choices. And if you're looking for a good coffee shop, Black Onyx Coffee is in the heart of downtown, and they're super cyclist friendly. So stop by there, check it out, enjoy Bentonville, and if you're planning on coming out for Oz Trails, or if you've been wondering about an Epic Rides event, I can't recommend this course highly enough. It's going to be a total blast. Hey guys, Jonathan here. Just wanted to thank you again for listening and let you know that if you like the song that you're hearing now and the one that you heard in the intro, it comes from Wave Riders Entertainment, my good friend Tommy Walter. Check it out if you're looking for more beats like this or some awesome tracks to listen to. We'll talk to you next week.